0: Welcome to this episode of Black Diaries Madcast. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sourty. Clay, how are you?
1: Couldn't be better. Big weekend for Penn State sports uh, across the board. Had a lot of those recently and a uh, huge win for Penn State wrestling and good to be back in the BJC for them.
0: Yeah, of course, unfortunately, neither one of us were actually in the Bryce Jordan Center, which is something that I'm sure that we planned on two months ago. We'd, we'd definitely be there. But with uh, Penn State football making that run to Indianapolis, we had to skip it. But, of course, you know, uh, we listened to Jeff Byers and then obviously, you know, went back and watched the matches. But it was kind of a weird feeling not to be in uh, Bryce Jordan Center on Sunday for the match.
1: Yeah, it took me until uh, midweek this week until I put two and two together, the fact that I wasn't going to be back for this. So uh, that hurt a bit. I got a chance to watch, follow along live um, on Twitter and then go back and watch. Just a really impressive performance by Penn State, and uh, against a really, really game Lehigh squad.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Lehigh's got a strong team, and it's going to be even better when Mitch Minotti comes back from injury, which they expect to be pretty soon.
1: Yeah, uh, coming off of the injury at the end of last season, they kept him out of the uh, NCAAs. Uh, tough break for him, really strong kid, really strong wrestler. Um Hoping he gets back soon and gets going for them because they are gonna have a heck of a lineup once they can throw him in there.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be really good, especially at those first five or six weights. It's really solid. Um, and let's let's start kind of at the bottom at those at those lower weights, and we'll we'll start out uh, we'll start at one twenty five, um, probably the the marquee match of the duel. Darian Cruz, a, a PA boy, uh, going up against our own Nick Suriano. And uh, Nick probably wrestled his best match of the year.
1: Yeah. Um, Nick's just, this sounds stupid, but Nick's Nick. Um, he was doing exactly what I expect from him. A lot of forward pressure, not letting opponents get the legs. Um, super strong on top. Uh, came out. Pushed the pace a bit in the first period, wasn't able to get a takedown, but ended 0-0 and kind of controlled the center of the mat. Um, comes out second period, uh, gets a quick escape against a pretty good rider in Cruz. Um, gets a quick escape, turns around immediately, gets back in on legs, uh, doubles off and gets a, gets a really clean finish, which you don't see often against Cruz, a guy who likes to dive over and scramble. Uh, really important for Nick to get that finish quick, and he absolutely did. Uh, works that into into a Turk and takes over Cruz, who, again, just a really tough guy to get over to get four back points and really open it up. Um, Cruz ended up taking neutral, I believe, actually, in the third period because he didn't want to go under Nick, which is really respectful of a kid that's wrestled, what, six, seven matches in his college career?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: And um, just an outstanding performance by Serrano again. Cruz never really threatened. At any point, I would have liked um, Sordano to get that extra takedown to get the major decision. And I'm sure that's something that kind of was in the back of his head. He looked up at one point at the clock, and I don't know. There's no there's no clocks by the mat. There's no on, on the floor in the BJC. So I think that was a bit troublesome for him. I think had he known where he was at time-wise, he may have worked a little harder to get that major. But all in all, just... And an outstanding performance again from freshman Nick Sariana.
0: Wait, this might be a stupid question, but aren't the only clocks in rec hall, like, on the two sides? Like You've got uh, the
1: two the two standing ones, though.
0: Oh, at the corners of the mat. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Now I'm just, like, refresh. like, okay, yeah, okay, okay, all right, sorry. That might be a stupid question. but I, I just, like, of course they're there. I just never look at them as a fan, but... Um, yeah, I know. I thought he wrestled a good match, as you said. Would like liked that extra takedown for the, you know, for the major. But, you know, that's something to work on. I mean, you can't complain about your true freshman beating a top 10 opponent in dominating fashion too much.
1: Absolutely not. I mean, that's two top, top 10, top five even opponents that Nick has faced early in the season and rolled through both of them.
0: Yeah, and, you know... That being said, I don't think either one of those results were shockers. I mean, Connor Schram from Stanford and then Cruz from Lehigh are good are very good wrestlers and certain all American candidates, but I think we both expected Soriano to win.
1: Yeah, it's it's it says a lot about Nick and his high school career and where he was at from day one. And that's not even just the URI. Um you look at national analysts like Christian Piles, who picked him to finish second, came out from day one and said okay, Suriano's going to probably shoot up in the rankings and he's probably going to beat these guys early in, early in the season.
0: Yeah, it's a really impressive start by him. Um, it's going to be interesting once we get to the Big Ten schedule to see how he does in there, though the 125 crop isn't really looking that strong in the Big Ten this year.
1: Um, yeah, uh, clears out a bit. Um, obviously, you have...
0: I mean, Gilman's Thomas obviously Gilman, great, one, but like depth-wise, it's not, like, it's not a hammer every, every match. A
1: given, but after that, I mean, Sariano, now at four for flow, is the second highest ranked guy in the Big Ten. Um, Tim Lambert of Nebraska's in there. Ethan Lezak from Minnesota should come back from suspension. Elijah Oliver from is a bit kind of funky and a really unique guy, but not as top-heavy as it's been in past years.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at last year, I mean, Nato, Gilman, and Nico, you know, just those three. And that's not counting guys like Connor Utzi, who all American, right? Correct. I mean, I mean, there's I mean a,
1: you're always going to have depth in the Big Ten, but yeah. not necessarily as top heavy, like we said, as it was in past years.
0: No, absolutely not. But uh, yeah, good win for Nick. Um, so yeah, we start off the match with that 3 0 lead. Then we go to. One thirty-three and Jared Cortez is a really puzzling performance.
1: Yeah, um, Cortez didn't look right, and I don't want to speculate on any potential health or illness issues. But that was—I mean—he's beaten Scotty Parker, beat Scotty Parker last year three to one. Um, I think Scotty Parker is a very, very good wrestler, and had you said that he came out with a close victory, I, I don't know that I would have been shocked. But I. Didn't expect him to dominate the match. He would. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether anything hey, maybe sneaks out of the room in terms of a health issue for Cortez, or maybe he's just not there. But that's not. I mean, I don't want to freak out because I I know that that's not the Jared Cortez that he can be when he's on his game. I mean, we we've, we've seen that before with wins over Conaway, with wins over Parker. Um, a little upsetting. Not, uh, not a pretty performance really on his feet or on, on from from bottom. really anywhere
0: really anywhere
1: um, was good just a just a really really poor performance but again Jared cortez didn't forget how to wrestle overnight um he's got some some nice scouts on his resume um there are obviously things he needs to work on which are evident to us so i'm sure they're evident to him and the coaching staff but I'm not completely concerned because he didn't just, again, he didn't just forget how to wrestle.
0: Well, you know, you said you won't speculate on health or illness. I think it's fair to speculate on illness given the fact that Coach Kale said that Vin Vin Joseph was uh, battling illness this week. So I think it's fair to say that, you know, I mean, these kids spent a lot of time together that Cortez could have been suffering from from a bug of some kind.
1: Yeah, one of the things you see – I mean, in a room, especially when they're rolling with each other, it's very, very rare that one kid gets sick and it's just one kid, right. unless you can keep the kid isolated, and that clearly wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to write it off, a fantastic performance for a very good wrestler in, in Scotty Parker, but um, just not the best Cortez we've seen, and that's a guy who's going to have to get it turned around before we get in the conference season, because... Yeah. As we said, 125 was not top heavy. 133 is loaded in, uh, in the Big Ten. You've got it's... Corey Clark, number one. Nathan Tomasella, number two. No, we don't know about St. Richards, number three. And Eric Montoya, number four. Uh, as you said, we're going to get to Corey Clark a bit later in the show. Um, some issues with him with um, an injury, which we'll, which we'll touch on. But even below him, you have Devon Meechich of Michigan, number nine, before you get to Cortez down at 13 in Flo's rankings, um, right behind DeVoy and Parker, who are his two losses on the year. So they're not terrible losses, but he's going to come up against really, really tough wrestlers and is going to have to find ways to either create more offense or keep guys off his legs and keep guys from turning him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he needs to be better than what he's been, but the good news is that he can be better. That that's not something that's out of the realm of possibilities for him.
1: Yeah, I think um, there was there was a good deal of unknown this season uh, at 133, but we've also what we do know is that he's capable of beating top opponents. And if he's going to be dropping matches, I want to be I want him to be dropping matches in December and not in March.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's the best time uh, to lose is now. But I mean, he could have been better. But again, I'm I'm just hoping he was just sick. That's what I mean. That's kind of my hope. He he looked pretty lethargic. Um, and he's a big 33 pounder. Like he sh- he should have been harder to turn than what he was. So well,
1: we we saw in the Stanford match against Penn Daily where he came out amped up, and this is a, a big matchup against ranked opponents in front of a crowd of 15,000 people, and he looked as flat as you can be and that just doesn't scream jerry cortez to me no. so i don't know whether he, it was a sickness thing or the crowd got to him but that's not the jerry cortez that i expect to see from here on out
0: absolutely not so then we go to 141 um lehigh's highest ranked wrestler uh darian cruz's brother older brother i believe randy yes. cruz uh, at number three coming in um uh, in the intermat rankings, uh, which is what I'm looking at right now. Uh, obviously up against Jimmy Gulabon and Jimmy loses, but you know, two, nothing isn't terrible. He
1: wrestled a very, very good match. He just didn't finish. And that's in the knock on Jimmy Gulabon now for what? 12 months, 13 yeah. months. He was the aggressor throughout the match. He got in on a couple shots and just couldn't finish. And, Admittedly, Cruz is very, very difficult to finish on. There's a reason he's third in the country. But, I mean, those combined with a mistake on top, he was able to ride Cruise for 40 seconds and then got reversed rather than maybe just giving up an escape where having built up 40 seconds of riding time, he would have had a little leeway in terms of trying to get an escape of his own in the third period. But because he gave up that reversal in the second period, he ended up choosing neutral in the third, didn't get... I don't want to say a free point considering Jimmy's struggles on bottom, but didn't give... did an easier point in terms of the escape point and really wasn't able to threaten Crews offensively in the third period.
0: Yeah, he probably should have chose down, especially given the fact that he had 52 seconds of riding time and didn't have to worry about giving up a riding time point at all. Like, he should have... I He probably should have chose down. But the problem, like, the problem is he's... He, the problem is like he struggled getting out on bottom before... His confidence issues are well known. Like, if he's just not confident on bottom, then, I mean, I guess I understand the well, decision not to put him there.
1: The choice I understand, because he was able to get to the legs of it in the first period. Uh, Cruz actually, I believe, rode him out in last year's matchup with Lehigh. And it's a very, very strong right. Where I would have liked to see this, the strategy change, and again, it would have taken some, some quick thinking, is when he had Cruz kind of Tilted and, and Cruz hit the elevator to get to get the to get the um, reversal points. I would have liked to see Jimmy have kind of keep his his belt buckle down, so that if Cruz got out, that he was only getting the one rather than the two points there for the reversal, which I think led to the decision to go neutral in the third period.
0: Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, I understand the decision. I'm not saying it was like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm just saying, like, playing devil's advocate, like... Yeah. It would have been nice. But, like, again, like, if he's not confident right now on bottom, I definitely understand it. But, like, in a perfect world, he'd be good on bottom and be able to get out.
1: That's been the MO, like we said, on Jimmy now for 12 months,
0: so... So, I mean, at 141, like, there has to be a decision to make here, right? I mean... I mean... From all accounts, Goulevon's
1: beating Moss regularly in the room. And, well, yeah, I know, and that's great. There, but, but
0: I mean, well, but, but Jimmy Goulevon doesn't have to beat himself to be All American. He has to beat other kids.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And I, I think that for the coaches, the decision is: Can Cade Moss come out and do that? Um, I don't know that Cade Moss is going to be beating Randy Cruz. Um, it's just it's a it's a very very difficult decision because. Apparently, nobody is is, is out there taking charge. And the coaches have given guys for now five, six years, every opportunity to go out and take spots. And at 141 now for two years, nobody's gone and taken it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know.
1: Certainly had somebody uh, take the spot at 149 though, right?
0: That kid's good.
1: Um. Zane Rutherford doing it what Zane Rutherford does, uh, facing a pretty tough opponent in Lake Gardner of Lehigh, uh, gets the fall. Uh, Flo, I believe, has Lake Gardner ranked number 10 right now. Zane, obviously, number one. Um, Zane built up points riding time in the first period and finally took over Gardner for the fall in 355, of uh, the second period. I mean, what more can you say? Um, you have two tough losses, put your team down seven three, and just like that they're back on top because Zane Rutherford gets you six points.
0: Yeah, I I'm starting to like and this this might be an irrational thought. And it probably is, but like there are points watching that match where I was like, I don't know if anyone I don't know if anyone's going seven minutes with this kid. And like someone probably will. Like don't like don't take what I just said and and bet your mortgage on it But like there are points when you watch it in the match Where you're like mm, I don't know if anyone's going to go 7 minutes with you Like He's that much better than everyone else I mean, Lake Gardner's good He's like a, I mean, right now He's essentially a, an R12 guy in the rankings Right? And Zane made him look like a backup like, like some fodder that was just thrown out there to the wolves And it's uh, just Good grief
1: on a completely different level, as you said, um, there's maybe one, out Not to guys make fun of the
0: broadcast, and I thought the broadcast was, was, wasn't was that bad, but like, in terms of like, well, you know, you complained about the graphics, but I'm talking about the announcing, but uh, Tim Johnson was talking about how he was excited, you know, to get into the Big Ten season and like, you know, see Brandon Sorensen and Zane Rutherford wrestle, the top two finishers from last year, and like, I'm not just Iowa hating here, but like, is there anything that we've ever seen ever that would tell us that Brandon Sorensen can beat Zane or like not get majored like not get majored by him? Like the only the only way I see Sorensen not getting majored by Rutherford is to do what he did in the Big Ten match last year, which is just to turtle up. Because we saw in the NCA match last year when Rutherford or, or when uh, Sorensen actually tried to wrestle with him a little bit, it didn't go well. I think there's probably one
1: guy out there that can really wrestle with with Zane right now at 149, and we'll get to him a bit later in terms of uh, Micah Jordan, who's looked fantastic this year at 149. But other than that, uh, it's the, the problem is guys don't have – you have to open up because you're going to have to score on him because he's going to score on you. And if you open up in the slightest bit, you're going to put yourself on your butt. It's just
0: it's, – you're put between a rock and a hard place. Well, and the worst part is, the really frustrating part is, is that if he does get one takedown, you're in trouble because really there's two options on bottom. You, right, you turtle up and you don't let him turn you and you just let him ride you out. Or you try to get out and you open yourself up to get turned and maybe pinned.
1: It's just It reminds me very, very much of watching Logan Steber in his time for Ohio State where he would get you down once and that was really all he needed because you could almost guarantee that he was going to take you to your back at least once. I mean, other than the same matchup, and I guess that's, that probably should have been our first indication, and that really was our first indication yeah, it was. Yeah, that Zane was going to be special, but it, it's, this is how Ohio State fans had to feel watching steeper because it was almost a guaranteed bonus, and more often than not, a guaranteed five or six points.
0: The thing is, though, Steber wrestles, ha- and even at the end of his career, wrestled close matches and lost. And he I mean, he lost to Zane. Zane hasn't Zane's wrestled one close match the last two years, and it really wasn't that close. Like Claygon wasn't even. I mean, Claygon wasn't going to score. So it's like, I mean, like no one's like no one's even in his stratosphere right now. I mean, he he hasn't given up a meaningful takedown in two years. Well, you in college Kligon, wrestling,
1: you, you had two guys. I think, I think it was last year. It was Bigen and Kalika in the Dual championship series? No, and but that neither, wasn't close. I mean, that one, was close
0: in the way that like a 3 nothing no hitter is close. Well
1: yeah, n- neither baseball. one attempted to score. And it's just it's, you're put between a rock and a hard place. So you can right. defend defend defend, but at some point to win the match, you're going to need to score points yeah. or a point even. And it's nearly impossible on the guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, as I said, no one's like there was never a time like like ESPN, you know, like their big thing now for a lot of sports is like the win likelihood percentage during games. Like I would venture mm-hmm. to guess if they did that for wrestling in the last two years, Zayn's never at any point any match would dip below eighty percent.
1: Safe bet to me. I mean, I wouldn't bet against the guy.
0: I mean, he. I mean, he. He's he's so far removed from losing in that weight class.
1: I, I think it's just an asset to. to Penn State, and I mean, it's obviously an asset to Penn State come tournament time because barring something catastrophic, you can almost say, Here's your 16 points, and
0: yeah, plus bob, bonus.
1: and you're gonna get a bunch of bonus. It's, yeah. it's, it's like it's really 20 a, points. An extra wrestler between I
0: mean, yeah.
1: he and the guy we're gonna talk about next, and Jason Nolf, it's like having an extra wrestler,
0: yeah. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's like. Uh, like, like you really guaranteed twenty points off the bat with Zane because I mean, let's say he struggles through the tournament and doesn't doesn't put guys on their back late in the tournament. Like you still gotta expect him to, you know, to get the pin over the guys in the first and second round.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you, even if you add two pins to a first place finish, you're you're That's right 20. there. Exactly. I mean, it's he's he's a man amongst boys.
0: Yeah, he really is. And so as as you mentioned uh, in our in our favorite segment of the show, what did Jason Nolf do? Clay, what did Jason Nolf do?
1: Jason Nolf earned a uh, twenty-five to nine tech fall over Kent Lane of Lehigh in six minutes and thirty-nine seconds. And poor Kent Lane, <laughs> he just he had nothing for Jason Nolf. Not that many people do, but it got to a point where it was like, okay, just just take him over, please.
0: My favorite part of the whole thing wasn't even on the match. It was uh, Nolf's walk onto the onto the floor, like, his slow yawg, like, through the tunnel up to the mat. He's got, like, that little, like, kind of smirky smile on his face. Like, he's about, like, to go, like, play a uh, game of wiffle ball with his friends.
1: He's like a, you remember the neighbor from Toy Story that he used yeah. to break the toys?
0: Yeah, that was kind
1: of how I felt about Jason Nolf coming into this match, where he was just kind of like, "Okay, it was Sin." Jason Nolf was Sin from Toy Story. He just had bad intentions for poor Kent Lane, and (laughs) I was a bit surprised the match didn't end sooner, to be honest.
0: Like sometimes, like I mean, we all say like Jason likes to play with his food before he eats it, but like this time, he never really ate his food. Like he just kept playing with it until his mother took the food away, and it's like you're done. And the mother was the referee, and it was like, technical fall, you're done.
1: Yeah, that was, it it was a bit much. And he's another guy, like, saying that's going to get you big points. He's going to get you bonus points. And to have guys in your lineup come March that can do that is just a massive, massive asset.
0: Like, Jason Nolf is going to score more team points this season, I think, than Rutgers football scored all year.
1: Jason Nolf may score more team points in March than the entire Minnesota wrestling team.
0: Well, didn't he almost beat? No, who who was it that beat them last year? Zane did. Zane beat them, I believe. It's just it, not. I might be wrong, but I don't think not from
1: Minnesota. But they, that's a lot of points coming from from two guys. I would imagine together they're going to outscore a large, large amount of teams in March.
0: Let me see here. Yep. Zane Rutherford um, last year, 28 and a half. Minnesota, 26.
1: It's just on another level. And we we talked about it before. It's like having an extra wrestler. So Penn State qualifies 10 wrestlers for NCAAs. It's like having 11 because you, you have all the bonus points. And almost like having 12 when you talk about a guy that we're going to get to later in Bo nickel just because of the way they wrestle.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible, the, the bonus points. And it's fun to watch, too.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, and why Penn State Wrestling has taken off so much is not only have they been outstanding in terms of winning, but they put on a very entertaining product. And it's part of how, why they recruit so well. I mean, I mean, guys enjoy watching it, and guys enjoy wrestling that way.
0: Yeah, we get those recruits. Uh, that's the... That's for sure. Let's go to 165 after the intermission with uh, one of the recent recruits in the lineup, uh, Vincenzo Joseph. And I, I remember you texted me on your first watch of the matches about this is one of the more dominant wins of that score that you had seen in a while.
1: He, absolutely, um, 10-5 win over Drew Longo. Uh, really a shame we touched on it before not to see Minotti out here, here coming back from injury and up at 165 this year. That was a pretty uh, highly anticipated matchup. Flo has Minotti ranked fifth, whereas Vincenzo is ranked tenth by Flo. Um, so I would have liked to see Vincenzo kind of get a bit of a challenge, but given the fact that he was apparently ill, as Kale Touchstone after the match, maybe it was best. Um, you want to see both of those guys going, able to go full bore, but ten-five really didn't tell the full story of this match. Um, five takedowns to none escape points for Longo. um i don't want to get too too far into um scoring with 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 both in terms of how many points should be awarded or shouldn't escape point be there but it was a, a dominant dominant performance despite not getting a major decision
0: yeah i i made the analogy earlier and i actually really like it now about like oh it's like a no-hitter in baseball like like, uh, like the other team never really threatened to score, no matter like how many runs the one team had, and that's kind of what it is. And, like, that's kind of what this was. Like, it was 10-5, but like Longo was never going to score points of his own doing, like offensive points.:
1: It was close, but it was never close.
0: It, no it was, yeah, it was never close.
1: It's just another really good performance by, by Tenzo. Uh, Longo's actually a really solid wrestler. Um, been at Lehigh for a little while now. Um, good to see him get some momentum going, and I'm looking forward to getting into Big Ten season with him because you're going to get a really good idea of kind of where he sits maybe heading into the postseason.
0: Yeah, but you look at, you know, guys like uh, Zeke Jordan from Wisconsin, um, you know, obviously Isaiah Martinez. Um, you know, those, those are two top guys. Uh, Lin Masas in there, just yeah. Lin Masas, who just beat, who just beat Zeke Jordan. Uh, so we should
1: you should get a really good test um, of where they are. And I believe, um, he should meet some guys out at Reno. I believe Chandler Rogers, and Oklahoma State, are going to be out at Reno. And I think that's going to be an. I really, really want to see those two match up because I think they're. At similar levels right now, and they both kind of like to go upper body, so you could get a really outstanding match if those two meet at the arena tournament of champions.
0: Yeah, speaking of Rodgers, the last year at NCAAs, the the Penn State fans next to me were really nervous about the Bo Nickel Chandler rodgers match because they because they were afraid that Rogers was going to throw Nickel and pin him, and uh, it didn't Not happen. Quite.
1: But very interesting to see how those two went because you see the much larger Nickel going up to eighty four. And Rogers going back to probably his more natural weight class in 65. And I think that's probably something that myself, as well as many other Penn State fans, overlooked, was that Bo Nichols is probably the much larger, stronger wrestler in that match. So yeah. when you get into those ties, it, it kind of gave them a bit of an advantage.
0: So we go to 174. Shakur Rashid gets a start for the Lions over Gino Morelli. Battles... uh. Ryan Preach, uh from my from my neck of the Woods up in District Four of PIAA, and uh, this is one that I think Rasheed probably wants the third period back. This is really
1: frustrating, and not because is it Preach Price? Can we get can we get a confirmation on that?
0: I think it's um, Preach, but I'm not sure. It could be Preach go, too. We'll,
1: we'll go with we'll go with Preach for now. Uh, Ryan, feel free to call into the show if we're wrong. Um, lost. to Preach of Lehigh, um, took an early 2-1 lead, and actually looked road Preach for about 30-40 seconds and looked to take a 4-1 lead on a takedown call that was reversed. Um, This is where I complained a little bit about the broadcast. They apparently thought that they were trying to challenge their first takedown, which was clear as day, so we never got to see a replay of Shakur's second takedown attempt that I thought was a good takedown. Um, obviously, I'm not even going to pretend to be objective in this one. Um, I would have liked to see Shakur have the have the 4-1 lead and maybe build Ryan time over a minute there. And I think that really, really would have changed the match. But after that, it just seemed weird. It almost like Shakur like, slipped out of gear there because he just stopped pressing forward almost immediately after that, after that review.
0: Yeah, I mean Preach is pretty good though too.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad loss. I mean they're they're right about I, I think Preece or Price is, is going to be about a round of twelve type guy, um, maybe fringe All American, but we've seen Chenzo or not Chenzo who Rashid hang in there and and beat some really tough guys in the past. I would have liked to see him come out with a win and maybe show that he's. On that next level. And 174 is going to be a meat grinder. Um, not necessarily in the Big Ten, but nationally to all American, he's going to have to beat some good guys. And he's going to have to definitely beat guys on the level of, of Ryan Preach. Um, top heavy, a bit with Crutchmer, Bo Jordan's up there. Um, Zach Epperly, Real Beauty, Zahid Valencia, who just beat Real Beauty. Uh, Casey Kent, a pen. So these are guys um, Rashid's going to be fighting with, or Gina Morelli even for that case, could be fighting with come March. Or Mark Hall. an All-American spot. Yeah, or even Mark Hall.
0: Now, if, I mean, if, if Mark Hall ends up getting the spot there, we're talking national championship expectations for Hall.
1: It would be interesting to see, uh, again, I've been very bullish on the fact that I think Hall's going to stay in his red shirt. Um, I think he's a bit undersized at 174. I would like to see him wrestle 165, but I don't know whether that would work for Chenzo next year. Um, took a loss, obviously in open. So, I, uh, but he also has victories over Zahid Valencia, who's flying up the rankings and that's yeah. in folk style. So I, I, I mean, mean you're we'll going know more after, that.
0: after the winter tournaments, like, after yeah, the I mean, Christmas I mean, tournament until,
1: until we get to Reno, um, I believe we saw – actually, he's not going to be at Reno's. I believe we saw that Mark is heading to Midlands, right. which could be huge because I, I get to see the field for Midlands, but always very, very strong field. So, I mean, that should be as good of a gauge as you're going to get of where, where he might be this year. But, again, I'm still comfortable with, with Shakur. I don't know that he wrestled a very good match. Um, Priest not beat him at, twice. I believe he beat him last year at the scuffle. It might have been a duel, but I believe it was a scuffle. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see Shakur take that next step. So it'll be interesting to see if Kale shuffles the lineup, how Kale shuffles the lineup from here on out.
0: Well, and Preach, sh- so it's kind of funny. So, you know, Penn State fans know a lot about Rashid struggling with the college at 165. Um, in my local paper, the Sports Sun-Gazette, uh, Mitch Rupert wrote an article um Sunday because, of course, you know, he covers Penn State wrestling, but also uh preach is a D4 kid, so he covers him as well. About, and preach was saying how much he struggled with the cut to 165 last year, you know, where he was, you know, going through long stretches of not being able to eat. Uh, and, like, how this year, you know, he was able to eat three meals before the, day of, like, uh, before the day of matches and how much better that's made him feel. Yeah, it'll
1: be very interesting to see how he progresses throughout the year because that could end up, not that there's necessarily good-looking loss. But, and it doesn't even look bad now, but if he continues to win, it'll be definitely a bit more understandable.
0: You want to know who keeps winning? Um,
1: I'm going to guess this is the guy we have a 184. Bo Nickel. You know what else he that keeps doing? He keeps pinning.
0: Pinning That's people, I know.
1: Four 8 8. Yes, can 8 the Ocho for Bo Nickel, who pins Kyle Gentile in. 2.35, and it kind of felt like this one could have ended quicker if Bo really wanted it to.
0: <laughs> Bo, Bo, Bo doesn't play with his food as much as, as Jason Nolfe does.
1: It wasn't even like a, that Bo was toying with him. It just felt like had Bo wanted to come out off the whistle and kind of ripped until ripped he over, he he seemed like a much stronger wrestler and definitely the much more crafty wrestler. But uh, I said after watching this, Bo's got his swagger back, and maybe I'm wrong in saying that he ever lost it after that loss to to Martin, because we never really saw him in, in folk style after that, but Bo looks like a man on a mission, and it sounds yeah. like, I mean, I'm not going to write off guys like Zavatsky or Miles Martin or a number of other guys that are up at 184, but... I think the whole wrestling world right now is chomping or champing at the bit to see Bo Nickel wrestle Gabe Dean because both of them are just destroying everybody put in front of them right now.
0: Is that the early favorite for the final match of the NCAA tournament?
1: Right now, I think it'd, it'd be hard to argue against it. Um, you could have maybe some interesting matchups. With, with,
0: I mean, all the matchups are interesting. It's the and, and NCAA finals, but yeah,
1: but um, I don't know, we're looking at a Medary Snyder match is really interesting to me, even though Kyle, Kyle Snyder's kind of blown through everybody. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I don't see that 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 getting um, in over like Gabe and, uh, but, and but
1: it, it's it's hard to say that it wouldn't be, especially with yeah. Gabe Dean going for the third national championship in the senior year.
0: Yeah, I would have to think that's the uh, that's the match, man. Wouldn't it be crazy if the whole NCAA tournament came down to that match?
1: I am hoping it's not that close. Yeah, yeah. For my me.
0: for my sanity on Saturday night, please don't, <laughs> please don't it, come it down to the not, last match. The whole thing
1: it would not surprise me, and that's certainly something that I am looking forward to because you have two guys who look big, strong, and angry, and have rolled through everybody put in front of them this season.
0: Let's go to 197 pounds. Speaking, and, uh, of big, speaking of big,
1: strong, and angry.
0: Yeah, Matt McCutcheon. Looking good. I Although was,
1: I don't know that I ever call Cutch angry. He seems like he's really enjoying himself out there.
0: Yeah, he, he is – I mean, I was bearish on McCutcheon. At 197, but I'm starting to come around.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I went not toot my own horn. Um, but I always felt that Cuts was going to have more offense than pretty much anybody in the field at 197, not named Jaden Cox. Um, you've since seen Brett Harner of Princeton at 197 take losses, and he was ranked pretty highly. I believe he was ranked two or three preseason. Uh, Brett Farr of Minnesota looks pretty good. But other than that, it's kind of wide open. And it's not that Ben Haas of Lehigh is outstanding competition, but Matt worked his offense really, really well to build a 12-2 lead and a 12-2 win. And he was also able to turn Haas, which uh, you wouldn't expect, I guess, for a guy coming up. Um, It just shows how ridiculously strong he is. And he almost looked a little bit more filled out. I don't know whether you thought that,
0: but... Well, he definitely... here's a tidbit for you, Clay. I saw McCutcheon at dinner last night. Uh, we were at the same restaurant, and I noticed he had a very big plate of fries in front of him. So I think he's eating well at 197.
1: Yeah, I think he's uh, probably enjoying himself. Uh that 184, it, it wasn't ever a tough cut, from my understanding, but he was cut, like chiseled out of stone, cut, and... Um, he didn't look heavy at 197 or whatever he weighed in, but he wasn't as as cut. So I think he's kind of enjoying being able to work work his technique and deal with drilling in the room rather than concerning himself with weight because he's not going to get much bigger than maybe 195, 196, unless he eats himself out of house and home, which he's certainly seen discipline enough not to do. Um, he's not really wor- having to worry about cutting... Really anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would assume the cut is pretty easy for him. Um, yeah, so look, looks good. Uh, I'm, I'm coming around on it slowly.
1: Yeah, I, I'm very excited to see how cuts progresses. Uh, 197, as we said, is wide open. He's going to have hopefully a matchup with Colin Moore of Ohio State, who's ranked right behind him at seven in the flow rankings. Kutch moved up from seven to six. Um, he's going to have a matchup, I believe, Penn State wrestles Minnesota, so that would give him a matchup with Farr, who's number two. He could see Preston Weigel of Oklahoma State at uh, Tournament of Champions. Weigel's number four. I personally think Kutch could beat Weigel, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out because he's going to have some opportunities to move on up through the rankings.
0: Yeah, well, and he still <laughs> has to deal with Anthony Kassar once Kassar, you know, starts rolling around.
1: Yeah, it's another one come come January. Um it'll be interesting to see when he gets back and how healthy he is when he when he does get back.
0: Yeah. I mean you gotta assume with Kale's coaching philosophy that Kale's going to give Kasar the shot at him at least.
1: Absolutely. I'm, um I'm assuming he'll he get to, to some open tournaments. And then I don't know whether they would wrestle off, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kasar because if if McCutcheon's rolling, I mean I know this sounds wild, but if McCutcheon doesn't have any losses in January, I, it'll be hard to see a situation where he gets pulled from the lineup unless Kassar is, like, some man beast and just dominating in the room. But it's not I, – I don't see anybody not naming Jaden Cox that Matt McCutcheon can't beat.
0: Well, I mean, Jaden has – no, okay, I'm not even going to entertain that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like my my point was that like Jane isn't the most consistent wrestler we've ever seen in our life. But uh, the thing is, like Jane, in inconsistently inconsistently goes from like very good to like legend, right? Like on his worst day, he's very good just because like he's so naturally talented. But 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 yeah. there is variance there. Is my point? Like some day, like there are some days where he's much better than others.
1: Absolutely, um, but. Again, back to the point. I think uh, McCutcheon's just—he's going to have a very good chance at finishing very highly come NCAA's.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. If he ends up being the guy, uh, then yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I think he will be. I'm not like I'm not standing for Kassar. I'm just saying like Kassar's going to get a shot at him.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's, it's understandable. I think and he uh, should. I, everyone I have has with that. Everyone has high expectations for Kassar given. Um, the junior world team that he made. And it'll be very interesting to see how he progresses because he's another guy that kind of – I'm not sure that when he came to Penn State off of a national championship in, in New Jersey that he particularly knew what he was doing. He was just a very athletic, very big, very strong guy. And now you have all those physical tools and somebody telling him how to use them. So, if he can get healthy, that's a very, very scary guy.
0: Absolutely. Let's go to 285. Um, This spot, no controversy here. This is Nick Neville's spot, and he looks fantastic in the early going.
1: It's so good to have a healthy Nick Neville's back. Welcome back, Nick. Um, It's also very good to hear your big show music playing throughout the BJC as I crack up when you walk to the mat. Um, (laughs) Nick Neville's looks fantastic. Um, Valaro's a really tough guy. Um, Flo has R- Valaro ranked number 12. Um, Neville's ranked number 8. That's his third ranked, uh, victory. He's now beaten Denzel DeJournette of App State, Nathan Butler of Stanford, and Doug Valaro of Lehigh. He's gonna get more opportunities at it throughout the year. Um, you've got, um, Austin Schaefer of Oklahoma State up there. Um, who you're going to see probably at the tournament of champions. Um, could see Sam Stoll of Iowa if he's back healthy. Uh, Mike Krells of Minnesota is a guy he could see. Obviously Kyle Snyder. Um, but Nick's going to get a chance to move up in the rankings and has shown kind of what we all expected when he came in as part of the big three with Nolfin Nickel.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with all of that. Um, and this is a really impressive performance too because, I mean, Valero is, is a good wrestler and he, he he's a bigger wrestler too, which is what you would expect mm-hmm. to be a matchup issue.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. Doug Valero is huge by heavyweight standards. I mean, they're all pretty big, but Valero is probably pushing that is that 285 threshold. Um, he's also very tall and Nick got out from bottom like it was nothing and rode Valara like a government mule. And you just don't see guys do that to Doug Valara. So it just kind of shows what an athlete Neville's is.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. Nevels is so athletic for his size. He's like, a, I mean, to make other sports analogies, he's, he's like that undersized defensive tackle that just like makes a lot of plays and you're like, oh, he should get blown up on the line of scrimmage. But – He's just so athletic and, like, secretly strong.
1: Yeah, and that I mean, he's always had that athleticism. And another thing he's always had, that knee pull single that he hit was, I mean, that's textbook. You can't do that any better. And it's just a matter of timing and technique and getting your opponent off balance. And he's pretty much perfected that. And it was just, it's a thing of beauty.
0: Yeah. He looked really strong, and I, I've touched on this in podcasts before, and, you know, Medbury is looking really good, so this might not apply. But, I mean, after Snyder, you know, there's definitely a drop-off to where, I don't know, you win a match or two, at NCAA, you win a match at NCAAs against a guy like Medbury, all of a sudden you're looking at wrestling on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we talked about it with Neville's going into the season. If he was healthy, he could make some noise. Um Right now, I probably have him. He's ranked eight by flow. He's behind Snyder one, Medbury two, Ty Walls three, Michael Krells of Minnesota is four, Tanner Hall is five of Arizona State, Sam Stoll six of Iowa, and Brooks Black, number seven. I think Nick Neville's is a significantly better wrestler than Brooks Black. Um, Sam Stoll's coming off of a very serious knee injury. Hall um, has wrestled very well this year. Krells has a loss to Austin Schaefer of Oklahoma State. Um, and then you get the tier above him of Medberry and Walls. I don't see any reason why Nick Nevels, I mean, other than a limited sample, couldn't be considered the fourth to fifth best wrestler in the country right now at
0: 285. Yeah, it, I, I agree with all that. I mean, you know, until proven otherwise, Snyder is on a different level. But, um, and Medbury, Medbury's trying to creep up all the way up to that pedestal, but I don't think he's going to get up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a good win for Neville's, um, obviously, you know, obviously the kid's got a lot of potential, you know, I mean, some people had him rated as a recruit better than Jason Nolfe, so, I mean, we, we knew this was in him, but it's nice to see it after a, kind of a frustrating two years, and really, no 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 fault of Dick Neville's, they were frustrating, um. Heavyweight. I mean, you know, he was injured, um, but it's nice to finally see his talent come to fruition.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things with recruiting is it can always be so difficult to land a heavyweight because when you have super athletic heavyweights, so many of them go play football. You're going to see them see that next year with Bray Walker of Oklahoma. Um, So it's just fantastic to get a guy like that into the room and onto your team, and he can just provide a fantastic asset for Penn State for the next three years.
0: Absolutely. So that was the Lehigh duel overall, 30-10. to 10. Good showing for Penn State. Could have been better, but could have been worse for sure. Um, I always like high expectations, so, um, you know, it is what it is. But uh, we're kind of running out of time here. But, Clay, let's touch on some things quickly going around, going on around the country that are of interest to Penn State fans.
1: Yeah, um so, my housekeeping. There, one the big, big tournament in Cliff Keene, Las Vegas, this week. Um, some interesting results. Um, most notably, um, Miles Martin at one hundred and eighty four, losing to Zach Zavatsky, uh, wrestled back for third. So, not a bad performance by Miles in the new eight. but Zavatsky just got put on him in the final by uh, Gabe Dean. We talked about Gabe Dean being a man on a mission. Uh, tw- I believe I said twenty to four tech fall. I mean that's absurd. Um, some other results: Logan Massa of Michigan winning there at one sixty five got a win over Zeke Jordan of Wisconsin. That, that was a happen.
0: was that a was that a UTB situation? I, I believe it was. Yeah, so that's kind of like a tie in my mind. I mean, but, I, mean I mean, one person won, but like. I mean, I don't know. But still, I mean, good job, Logan Moss. I'm gonna trying you to take guys anything away from him. You will see guys
1: going to that level with, with, with Zeke. Um, yeah, And Zeke had a win over Daniel Lewis of Missouri earlier this year, and it was a really impressive win. Um, Lewis in, I believe, a tournament met up with... Um,
0: Eymar, up at UNI.
1: Up at the UNI, yes. And held his own. Uh, I thought he actually wrestled pretty well. Uh, I think it showed that... Imar is... Still outstanding. Um he other after the first period he didn't look to be in any real trouble. But I think it also showed that Imar is not gonna run through this field at one sixty-five because Zeke Jordan pretty much handled Daniel Lewis and Masa beat Zeke. So you don't like to use transitive property, but I think it just shows the strength of that weight class. Um I think IMR is definitely still the favorite, but he's gonna have some battles this year.
0: Yeah, he will um, for sure. And then, unfortunately, you know, we get to some injury news. Uh, and two two of the main contenders in the Big Ten and in the and in, in the nation um, suffered some injuries um, in the last week or so that could really hurt those two teams' chances.
1: Yeah, um, really unfortunate. I mean, we want you and I are both huge Penn State fans. People who listen to this podcast are typically big Penn State fans. We want to win. We don't want to see injuries. We, we don't want to see a situation where our guys don't get a chance to compete with the best yeah. to be the best.
0: Yeah. It's um, more fun to beat Iowa's good guys than to beat Iowa's backups. We saw,
1: touching on Iowa, Corey Clark, 133-pound uh, runner-up the last two years, I believe. Um, out for an extended period of time, it sounds like, with injury. We don't know for sure how long he's going to miss or the specifics of the injury, but the... Rumblings are not not great for Corey Clark. Um, so we want to see Corey Clark get back healthy. Um, it's good for the sport. It's good for the conference. Um, so best wishes to Corey. Hope you can get back um, quicker than we expect. And we're hoping to see you out on the mat. Um, another injury for a guy who's not going to be out on the mat this year, Keyshawn Hayes of Ohio State. Um, didn't wrestle at Cliff Keen, apparently, out injured. Um, again, don't know specifics of the injury, but is going to be out for the season. Uh, really, really athletic, really talented kid at 141, who I think could probably have been top three, four, or five, maybe even in the country this year. Um, interesting situation at 141 now. There, he's going to be replaced for the season by Luke Pletcher of Latrobe, PA. Pletcher, obviously a stud, stud recruit, but was expected to um, redshirt this year, and maybe even wrestle 133. It'll be interesting to see what Pletcher can add to that weight class at 141. Um, I don't think he'll have an issue growing into the weight class. He's a a pretty long 133-pounder. But um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do offensively there and to see how that affects Ohio State's national title hopes.
0: Yeah, he, um, Pletcher, as as in he, Pletcher, not a ton of offense, especially at this level, we don't expect, but I mean, he's a very good positional wrestler and very smart wrestler.
1: Yeah, um, Pletcher is one of the things that Willie Saylor pointed out over the last couple years is Pletcher was a guy in high school that was not afraid to go everywhere and wrestle anyone. And I think that could help him because he's going to see, I know, the high school level, but he's going to see some elite guys. Over the last couple of years and now I think be a bit more acclimated than you would expect to the skill level. But it's just going to be a matter of how much offense he could work, especially against some bigger guys at 141. Um, and I expected Hayes and definitely Clark for Iowa to be some big point scorers come in and see the lays. So if either one of those or both of those miss the tournament, as it sounds like Hayes will definitely do, we don't know for, for sure for Clark. That's a big, big hit to both of those teams' tournament hopes.
0: Yeah, I agree. So this weekend, uh, Sunday, I believe, right? Uh, Penn State wrestles Binghamton. So,
1: Garrett, uh, give us everything you know about Binghamton.
0: All right. Well, uh, Nick He used to wrestle there before he transferred to NC State. Pat Popolizio used
1: to coach there. There's our yep. uh, two facts against Binghamton. Uh, uh-huh. We're not going to pretend to be Binghamton experts here. Um, the Bearcats have really struggled this season, uh, have yet to wrestle a duel, I believe, to this point. They have a couple of tournaments finished 22nd of 34th, uh, of 34 this past weekend at Cliff Keene um, wrestled in the Navy Classic on Saturday, November 19th to finish 7th of 12 teams. Um, I don't mean to undersell the Bearcats, but this is looking like a Penn State walkaway victory.
0: Yeah, I mean last weekend at the Cliff Clean, uh, Binghamton with only one placer. Um, that was Steve Schneider at 184. Um, he went. Uh, looks like he went. Dang, they wrestled a lot of matches. Seven and two last weekend. Dang, he wrestled nine matches. Holy cow! Um, the only opponent. Well, I mean, he wrestled two Big Ten opponents. Um, beat Bobby Stevenson, Minnesota, who is more it's really famous win. for his brother than himself. And then um, Miles, and then he wrestled Miles Martin in the third place match and did not win. He lost twenty two to seven technical fall. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at these names. This should be a walkover. Yeah,
1: it should be. Uh Again, I'm not going to dismiss Binghamton, but it should be a good chance for Penn State to build up some confidence. Um, good to get guys reps again early in the season. Um, you want to take a shot at the over under for points scored for Penn State in this duel?
0: Let's see. Six, six, four, six, six, four, fourteen. 14. 20 26
1: 31 35 41, 49 numbers, numbers 49. going up pretty quickly. We'll set 49. it We'll set over under at 45 and a half
0: for now. And I'm going so over strong. Give us,
1: give us give us your replies on the uh, Black Shoe Diaries podcast post we put it out. We're going to set the over under for this to at 45 and a half to 0 two zero
0: the, the 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 over under on um, Binghamton is solidly point five sounds good uh, At like probably minus five hundred I'd say if you want to go under there
1: fantastic uh fantastic odds for Penn State and good to get them back in action uh as we're about to start into conference season
0: yeah well you know uh, I mean this is it for cupcakes I mean you know, you're, you wrestle this and the next weekend you're off to Vegas for the Tournament of Champions in Reno. Or not in Vegas, but same, whatever. Nevada, same, same state. Same state. Yeah, Geoc- same thing. Geoc- like the, Geoc- in the stuff. state of Las Vegas, there's Reno. No, but you're going off to Reno uh, for the Tournament of Champions. Um, and then after that, you hop right into your Big Ten schedule. So, I mean, we're kind of almost in the meat of it right here.
1: Yeah, exciting things coming out for Penn State Wrestling and we're going to get... I mean we're two weeks away from getting a real good gauge of what this team can do this year and who their biggest competition might be
0: yeah it's it's, it's gonna be interesting
1: absolutely never adult moment
0: any uh any extra news and notes?
1: not from my end, you got anything?
0: No, I don't think so I think uh I think we've covered it, I think um, yeah, and no, I think we're good
1: that so, wraps uh, it. We'll both uh, be in rec
0: hall on Sunday, right? Yep. All right. That'll be good. Uh, Glad to be
1: back. Uh, Good to to get Penn State wrestling finally in in the flow of things. I know we've had a a little bit of distractions now with the football team being being so good. I don't know that anybody's complaining about that. But it's good to get into the heart of wrestling season and really bunker down.
0: Yeah, I'm almost happy now that we're not going to the scuffle. Because, you know, I was, I'm going out to the Rose Bowl and it had been hard to follow both things at the same time.
1: It's a pretty good time to be a Penn State sports fan right now.
0: Yes. But it's funny how that works out. with not going to the scuffle. But, uh, yeah, I have nothing else. Uh, Clay, are we going to be at, at, at Whiskers before the match on Sunday? Hey, I'll try to be there. All right. Well, look for us at Whiskers before the match. On Sunday, we'll be there. Ask us questions about wrestling. We might know the answer. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for I have. Uh, Take care, and we'll uh, talk to you all next week. Peace out.